Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Wayne Alcorn. Wayne, with his wife Lynn, have been the senior pastors of Hope Center in Queensland, Australia since 2000. He also currently serves as the national president of the ACC Australian Christian Churches. Wayne is a visionary leader and a great communicator who is passionate about empowering the local church, raising the next generation of leaders, and speaking to men. Today, Wayne will share about his new book, My Father's Son, Hope for Generations, and why it's so important for Christian men to get honest and humble in order for healing to come. So, get ready, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. We're back at the Avail Podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership with amazing leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, authors, all of the above, who will challenge us and encourage us as we walk through this art called leadership. Today, we have the blessing and the privilege of connecting with a great pastor, also an author, an amazing leader, none other than Wayne Alcorn. Pastor Wayne, it's good to have you here on the Avail Podcast. How are you doing? Hey, Virgil. Great. Thank you. It's an absolute honor to be here on the Avail podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to, to be here. This is so good. And I have to mention this, Pastor Wayne, because the people that are either listening to the podcast or watching this on YouTube, they have no idea. But I'm in South Florida. You are in Australia. You're Correct. already in tomorrow. I'm in yesterday for you. Yeah. And, 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 and can I tell you, Virgil, it's okay. You can come on <laughs> over. <laughs> tomorrow is fine. <laughs> We're there. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's great. Hey, uh, I want, uh, before we jump into the conversation, specifically about, about your new book, which is entitled My Father's Son, Hope for Generations, I, I, want, I want our Avail audience just to get to know you a little bit. So can you share a little bit the, the, the overview of who is Pastor Wayne Alcorn? Wow, that's a big question. So here <laughs> it goes. Um, I'm, I'm an Australian. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm actually a preacher's father as well. Mm. So um, I'm from a generation of, uh, of men and women that have served God. But um, my story goes back to my father's story. And uh, mm. I'll pick that up in a moment. But right now, I am the senior pastor of a multi-site church called Hope Center, based here in uh, the state of Queensland, Australia. It's uh, the tropical state. It's probably a little like Florida. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's beautiful. People in Australia, people are one of two parties. They're either Queenslanders or they're people that wish they were. So <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're in the holiday state of our nation and it's beautiful up here. I'm a, I'm a young man who came to Christ, not as a child, but into my early 20s. And uh, soon after coming to faith, God put his hand clearly upon my life. In fact, replaying the steps, you realize that, it was always there, uh, yeah. but that call of God, I suppressed right through my child and teen, teen years and uh, came to faith just after my 20th birthday. And soon after that, I found myself as a voluntary youth leader, quickly um, stepped into uh, new levels of leadership, became a youth pastor in my local church. In that process, the Holy Spirit was working on my heart. And with a few friends, we birthed a ministry here in our nation called Youth Alive. Uh, and I led Youth Alive for the best part of two decades in our nation. We recently celebrated 40 years of that ministry. And wow. uh, 
an audit was done to celebrate the 40 years and we found that through those heady years uh, that evangelism was really just such a dynamic uh, force and activity within our ministry, 320,000 first-time decisions for Jesus were recorded wow. by Aussie teens. Uh, but as you can see by the color of my hair, there came a point in time that I had to leave youth ministry. And for me, that was a, <laughs> a quite a sad day. But wow. in the process, uh, you know, my wife and I took on a, a church in the downtown area of our capital city here called Brisbane. We uh, saw God move amazingly in those early days and the church took off. It, it, uh, it grew and grew and grew. And uh, the end result is the church is now multi-site covering the five cities of the greater region of our city of Brisbane. And there's a, there's a vibrant campus in each of them. Since 2009, I became the national leader of our group of churches called the Australian Christian Churches. And mm -hmm. uh, there's 1,100 churches here in our nation uh, that are ACC. And from here, we've got missionaries all across the globe. And, uh, you know, that's my journey. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been quite a wild ride. We're, we're grateful to see how God has blessed so many areas of, uh, of our ministry. But I know Avail's a, a leadership podcast. I'm smart enough to know and I'm honest enough to know that it's not always been easy. So uh, it all sounds good when you get the, the sound bite. But uh, like every one of us, there are challenges in leadership. But, hey, we're still standing. So that's, that's yeah. who we are. And, uh, you know, just the goodness of God is something that we celebrate daily. That's so good. I appreciate you sharing that. And it is true. I think, uh, I think Sam Chan sometimes calls it bleedership. If you're not bleeding, you're not leading. Yeah, hey, I've heard him preach that. <laughs> Sam's been to our national conference twice, Virgil. Uh, wow. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's talked about that very <laughs> concept. And to be honest, it helps. It helps yeah. to know that you're not the only leader going through a tough day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's uh, so here's good. The good news. We all get through it, right? <laughs> we all get what? through it. 100%. I, I'm so excited for this conversation, Pastor Wayne, because I think, uh, I, not that I think, I know God's given you a voice throughout, throughout the, you know, throughout your, I think, four, spanning over four decades of ministry and still going strong. And let's talk about your new book, your new book, My Father's Son, Hope for Generations. Uh, from the conversations I've had with you, it sounds like this is something that's deep within your heart. Um, why don't you share with us, why did you write this book, My Father's Son? Why the book? And why now? And why do you think God is going to use this? I received an email last night from a man. We did a book launch in our local church. We launched it a couple of weeks ago at a conference and uh, had tremendous response already. It's been quite overwhelming. But some mm. of the men in my church said, you know something? This isn't a book. It's a mission. And our mm. men want to be part of this. So we, we did a really informal, low-key men's event in our local church last Saturday night and it was really burgers and a chat and <laughs> and I was I was just overwhelmed hundreds of men came out and I received an email just last night from a man that was there and he said I know Pastor Wayne you're saying this is your story but it's our story wow it's the story of every man and uh, that gave me you know just such great encouragement because um, I think this there's a two-part answer to, to that very good question, Virgil. Here's mm -hmm. the first reason I wrote the book. At the end of 1999, we we're coming into you know the year 2000, and everyone's freaking out. It's Y2K, you know. 
we're all keeping water because we're all going to die. Uh, um, and uh, well, we're still here. But as we came towards that year 2000, I knew that my years of youth ministry were coming to an end. And I'm sitting on the front row of a, of a major church in a city down south. And the Lord put something in my heart. And this was it. You spent the last two decades helping young people. Now it's time to help their fathers help them. Wow. And, and it was such a mandate upon my heart. Soon after that, we finished our, our exciting era in Youth Alive and took on a church. And if I'm not in my local church, there are two things that I'm doing. I'm speaking to leaders or I'm speaking to men. Mm -hmm. and, and I've realized in speaking to men, whether it's a conversation at a barbecue or whether it's at a, at a conference or after church service, I'm finding there are some common themes and common trends that just had to be addressed. And uh, the reason I'm particularly passionate about that is just the story of our own family. My father passed away just on 18 months ago. He was a legend. They, wow. uh, they called him the sheriff. He, he was a guy that <laughs> all his life would go into situations that just needed fixing. And uh, he brought life and health and just a grand old man uh, who we celebrated, who passed on at 94 years of age. Wow. Uh, when, he was, when he was 24, he was the town drunk in a small wow. country town. His father was a World War I vet. The entire family line in my father's family up until the time he was 24, the entire family was broken. Alcoholism, abuse mm. and pain, um, it, it, it's, it's tragic. And my father has a record. He was in trouble with the police. And there was a Sunday night that he came out of, uh, of another night that he'd spent in jail where the police had locked him up because he was drunk and disorderly. And he was wandering through town with a few of his friends. He didn't have a shirt on. He didn't have shoes on. And he'd had all his teeth removed because they were all falling apart. Mm. And this absolute wreck of a human being is standing on a street corner listening to a small bunch of Christians do what we call over here an open-air meeting, just, you know, a, a little group where they're standing on the back of an old pickup, some, <laughs> some people singing, some pe a, a guy or two sharing their faith. And at the end of that, this little group of singers stood up and sung, come home, come home, all who are weary, come home. And my dad walked out of the crowd and walked forward. And his friends thought he was going to do what he always done. He'd go looking to start another fight. But instead, he got to that old pickup and he dropped to his knees. He gave his life to Christ. And he was drunk. And his prayer was simply this, Dear God, if you can help me stand up, I'll believe that you're real and I'll give you my life. And uh, wind the clock forward 70 years. And wow. uh, we're having this funeral. It was a large funeral, either in person or online. They, they tell me there's 1,500 people there. Uh, which that's a lot of people when you're 94. And, yeah. and, and my niece stood up amongst, you know, my sons and our, our nieces and nephews stood up and shared their, their reflections on their granddad. But I'll never forget one of the girls. She stood up and there was a big photo on the screen behind her of my dad. And she said, I wonder what the people that saw my granddad staggering, rolling drunk through the small country town 70 years ago would think of the crowd that's here to celebrate his life mm -hmm. and the legacy of this patriarch. 
And she stopped and she looked at the crowd and she said, there's only one difference between that drunk and that legend, and it's Jesus. <laughs> and, and I look back on his life and I realize that one decision, one decision by him over 70 years ago, not only changed his life, but our entire family's trajectory. Yep. All his kids now are professionals. <clears throat> Many of them are in ministry. Most of us mm. are either preachers or school teachers, uh, kids, grandkids, the entire family flourishing. And it was all because one man made yeah. one decision. And, and it so motivates me daily to realize our past does not have to define us. Yeah. But our future is only determined by decisions we make. And so really that, that's, the, that's the motivation. I, I've seen what community and society needs, but I've also been somebody who's the recipient of what can happen when men make the right decisions. What a, what, what a difference it makes when a man takes a step. I mean, it affects the future. It affects their family. I, I, I think this is one of the most important subjects that we as Christians and as leaders uh, can embrace. Now, you know, the, the part one of your book specifically is, is kind of under the, the heading, The Father Wound. Uh, I think I think it's evident and it's obvious that sometimes a lot of the pain uh, in people's lives is connected to this father wound. Can you unpack that a little bit? Right now in our nation, we have a massive problem, as I think you do too, with juvenile mm -hmm. crime. Yeah. My early years of leadership were all involved with youth. And I replay those years, Virgil, and... I can't think of one young man or young woman that I ever went to court with that had a good relationship with their father. Hmm. The dad was either missing, negligent, violent, the list goes on. Hmm. And I, as this project started to unfold, I, I got about talking to so many men and it was amazing to hear their stories. I was humbled by mm. their willingness and their honesty as they told the story of, of homes that were filled with domestic violence. Mm -hmm. I, I had a politician who said to me, my home wasn't filled with violence. Politician's son who, who said to me, my home wasn't filled with violence. When my father was there, he was still absent. He said, I don't yeah. recall my father ever being at a football game that I played in. Mm -hmm. He said, I, even when we'd go on holidays, we'd, We'd book a beautiful place to go away for holidays. He'd only be there for three or four days. And the entire time he was there, he was on the phone. Other people told me their pain of a father that died suddenly when they were young. Others, obviously, through the pain of divorce and so many marriages mm -hmm. are failing. And it's painful not only for the, for the husband and the wife, but obviously the, the children. And, and I realized that there's just so many people wrestling with those issues that happened when they were in those formative years. And then you wind the clock forward and, and so many people have just never addressed it. We've mm -hmm. never got honest about it. We've pushed it down. We've, we've dressed it up. We've got on with life and had certain successes. But it's amazing how many people are still carrying this thing. And it never goes away unless you get honest about it. You bring it to light. You bring it to some friends. But more importantly, you bring it to your God. And the healing journey can begin. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, I think you have an interesting perspective on this whole 
subject. You mentioned it right at the top of this um, of this podcast. You mentioned you are the son of a preacher, but you're also the father of a preacher. So there's there's something to say also about just kind of generation to generation. There's an impact here. Now, clearly, clearly, you've identified a big problem and a big problem is the father wound. It's, it's the fact that there's so much pain for a lot of people and everybody's story is not the same. Um, but, but it's significant enough that it can affect a nation. It can affect generations. Um, Correct. In your book, what are some of the things that you touch on regarding a solution or help or, you know, even us, us, many of us are leaders. Many of us are pastors. Many of us are leading in ministry or in the community. Um, what, Give us some help. Can you give us some handles? What? How can we help restore? How can we help heal? How can, how can we help bring help to this generation? Christian leaders around the world are taking advantage of their free annual subscription to the Avail Journal. After all, each one of us should be taking the next step in our leadership journey. When you sign up for a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, you'll enjoy interviews, articles, resources, and much more. For more information and to get subscribed today, visit availjournal.com. Virgil, I don't think we're going to help anybody unless we start getting honest. Right. Acknowledging that it's there. Mm. You know, I know there's a lot of pastors and leaders that are dialing into this podcast. I, I've spoke to a lot of leaders. I lead a lot of leaders. I lead three and a half thousand, even in our own movement. And mm -hmm. just because we're a pastor and a leader doesn't mean we're not still walking with a limp. And right. I remember a friend of mine, a pastor of a, you know, many, many years experience. He's an old fishing buddy, actually. He rang me one day and he said, do you want to come out? I said, I can't. I'd love to go out on the boat, but I just can't. I'm busy. I've got to finish this book. <clears throat> and he asked me, he said, well, yeah, what is that book about? And I told him. And because and, uh, the heartbeat of the, of the book, you know, which isn't just for the church, it's for the community. The heartbeat is that the Father, God the Father, gives humanity a challenge. The last verse of the Old Testament says, God speaking, I need to heal the relationship between the fathers and the children and the children of the fathers. Otherwise, the earth is going to be under a curse. Mm. 400 years of silence. Nothing further written, nothing seemingly heard and in, imparted into the canon of Scripture until the voice of God is heard four centuries later. And it's when Jesus, the Son of God, is being baptized. And the Father says three things. You're my son. I love you. And I'm proud of you. And the great heartbeat and premise of the book is every boy needs to hear. You're my son. I love you. And I'm proud of you. And if they don't, there's always a void that cannot be filled by anyone or anything until they have a revelation of the Father heart of God. Now, I was telling my friend this one day. And I said, I can't come out. I have to finish this book. And I said, you know, right now I'm writing the chapter on the father's love of the son. And he says, I love you. And, and I heard this, this mature man's voice crack. He's a leader. He's a pastor of decades mm. experience. And I said, are you okay? He said, you know something? He said, I'm a pastor. My father was a pastor. But I never once heard him say he loves me. Wow. He said, I heard him tell his church he loved it. Mm -hmm. I heard him tell other people he loved them, but he, and, and he, he said, you know, it's really because he never received it from his dad. And 
Wow. Jesus, did he not say, freely receive so you can freely give? I think some of us, even as leaders, never received the love we needed. Mm-hmm. And so we struggled to pass it on at times. And so I think, in answer to your original question, how do we, as pastors and leaders, help others? I think, number one, tell your own story. If our story is amazing, others will want it. <laughs> if our story's not amazing, others will relate to it. You know, I, I, tell, I tell leaders all the time, people aren't that interested in your stars. They're more interested in your scars. Right. Like, you know, if I hear today saying, I'm amazing, I've done incredible things, people go, yeah, good on you. We'll give you a little clap and then, <laughs> and then move on. But when I get up and say, I have this scar, what I'm saying is I had pain in this area of my life, but hey, the scar says it's healed now. And let me tell you about my healing journey. And, and it's amazing. Good. This book is filled with the power of stories. Um, I actually wrote it and I paused one day. It was almost finished. And I realized this is a waste of time because it was filled with research from academics. It had statistics. It had all the stuff. And, and I just felt very strongly in my heart that who am I writing this to? And I thought, I want to write it to the ordinary guy. Perhaps he works in a factory or a trade. I'm particularly writing to a guy who's not even a great reader. Hmm. So I, I, we completely stripped it back, pulled all the statistics, all the research out, and just told stories. Hmm. Guys like stories. And I think pastors yeah. and leaders just need to tell stories. And uh, so we wrote it, shrunk it down, took a third of it out, 24 short chapters. <laughs> and, 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 and men are saying, I can do this. <laughs> you know our attention span, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> possum you know that that that's the male attention span and so i think i think the probably the the master stroke of this project is it's really ordinary and really simple and you know jesus spoke in fairly clear language and that's what we wanted to do and my plea to pastors and leaders is help the men in your world because mm. when you help them, you help the family. When you help the family, you help the community. And we can see the kingdom come and we can see healing begin across our land. That's really good. Why do you think, why do you think it's so prevalent and significant specifically with men, fathers? Interesting. Why do I think? I, I think it's because men and women are so differently wired. Hmm. I'm not for a minute suggesting women haven't been through some painful experiences. Some of them, it's been horrendous. Sure. But the difference between a man and a woman, women are more happy to talk. <laughs> chat, 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 chat. Yep. Men, men push it down. Uh, and uh, we have a... a a movement here in Australia. It's a, it's not a Christian organization, but it's a very helpful organization called, are you okay? Mm. Two letters, are you? And then, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and it's been founded by a man who sadly died young of cancer, but he, he was a man that worked on construction sites and he started becoming so aware 
of men, builders and plumbers and, and the like, who were taking their own life. They were wow. big and strong and they looked so fit and happy and healthy on the outside, sure. and yet they were crumbling on the inside. And as he started to explore this, there was a common thread. They just didn't talk to anybody. And so we even have in Australia now a thing called Are You OK Day? Where you, we, have, we have a concept over here, Virgil, called mates. It's kind mm -hmm. of friends, but next level. You, yeah. If, if, I, if, if I say you're my mate, I mean, that's pretty uh -huh. special. You can uh -huh. have hundreds of friends, but you've only got a few mates. Uh -huh. And so we say, <laughs> check with your mate and ask them, are you okay? Women often don't need to be asked that question. They're willing to volunteer it. Yeah. Men, for some reason, we have this facade and we push it down and we get on with life. You know, there is a, a field of thought that suggests that we're built for war, so we harden up and we toughen up and mm -hmm. we look great on the outside, but on the <clears> inside, <throat> we're dying. Uh, um, and I think that's the difference between men and women. And I think we've got to start some new conversations. Uh, mm. I, I, I had a really tough experience. My own life and ministry came uh, a little unstuck in the year 2018. It had just been a really brutal, as Sam Chan says, I'd been through those leadership years and it was really brutal in uh, both our local church and in our movement. My mother, who was a force of nature, uh, had a stroke and hmm. lingered for three years. And uh, she was like Margaret Thatcher, my, my mom, and she was a powerful hmm. woman. And to watch her for three years lie in a bed and not speak and, and just stare at a wall wow. uh, was brutal. Uh, my wife's brother died suddenly, uh, et cetera. It was just a rough year. And, and I, I started to come unstuck. Hmm. And I, I started to realize that if I don't start talking to some people, I'm going to be in a place where it's going to be very, very difficult to come back. Mm. And, you know, I started sharing that with leaders. I'd speak at conferences from Psalm 23, a Psalm which sadly we <clears throat> just relegate to funerals and weddings. It's a mm -hmm. powerful leadership Psalm. A king wrote it. A king who was a shepherd, and he speaks of his God as a shepherd. And he says, of our God, he says, he restores my soul. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, that a lot of us as leaders, physically we could be okay, spiritually we could be okay, but it's in our soul, it's in our emotions. We take so many hits. Leadership sometimes can be like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. So I got to a point where I thought, you know what, I'm going to tell my story. And... As I shared it and shared from this psalm, so many leaders came forward and said, you know something, when you get honest, you give permission for us to get honest. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's time we've arrived in an era where the men, the women, the people in our churches and people in our organizations, they're not looking for a superstar at the front. Mm. They're looking for a servant leader that's honest says, you know what, I've been through a few rough days too, but I made it and so can you. And, and I think there's something powerful in just us telling our story because then it gives other people permission to do the same. And when we start talking, when we bring things into the light, that's when we can start seeing the problem and beginning to address the problem. Healing can flow from that. 
Yeah, this is huge. I, I love this conversation. I, lo I love this topic because I really think some some great healing can come. And I yes. think healing needs to come at every level, generationally speaking. I think there are grandfathers who need healing. There are fathers who need healing. And there are sons who need healing. Uh, there's a part of your book, part five, The Better Man. And it talks about the comeback, uh, some of the titles, a better husband, a better dad, mentors and mates, community. Um, can you just speak with some hope, right? Because I think there are, there are an older generation of men who might feel guilt about sure. who they weren't, who they were not. Um, and then there's a younger generation of men who feel frustrated or angry that they didn't have you know, the, the affirmation, the love, the identity. Um, but can you speak with a word of hope, just, just of what can happen when people start taking the right steps with the help of the Lord? Wow. That's huge. I honestly think that everybody wants to get whole. Most of these healing journeys start with humility and honesty. Mm -hmm. In fact, let me go further. I think most miracles start with a simple question, and that is, can I pray for you? Mm. And, and I, you know, as I said, my dad was, was uh, quite a hero, uh, quite, uh, quite a, a larrikin. Uh, still had a glint in his eye in his 90s, uh, cheeky. Uh, but I realized even old men carry regrets. Yeah. Even old men, even old men who've walked with the Lord for a long time carry it. And, and there comes a point in time when the son becomes the leader within that family. Mm. And we can sit there thinking, why haven't they apologized for these things? Why have they never talked about it? Maybe somebody just needs to step up to the plate and take the lead. Maybe, yeah. maybe somebody like I did with my own dad. Uh, and I never knew that it was going to be one of the last conversations I would ever have with him. I went over to a little place that he was living and we, we sat and we chatted over a coffee. And I said to him, dad, are the things we've never talked about? And it was like opening the floodgates. Wow. He was 94 years of age. And we laughed and we cried and we prayed, getting emotional thinking about it. Wow. And, and we were able to pray with each other as a father and a son. I had, him, I had the ability for him to lay his hands on my own boys before he passed. Hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I look back now and I think, what if we'd never done that? Mm -hmm. what, if, what, if, what if we just sat there and pretended everything was okay? But, but we, we've just... We've just got to start saying, can we talk? Yeah. And in that, somebody's got to say, I'm sorry. You know, wow. that just that one little sentence, two words, I'm sorry, starts the healing. You know, forgiveness flows when somebody apologizes. Um, out of forgiveness, there's restoration. And I can tell you from my father's story and from the story of thousands of men that I've seen, if we could learn to forgive, stop justifying our behavior, stop pretending yeah. it didn't happen, but just forgive. 
You know, part of my studies at university as a young, young man was in the areas of microbiology. And I learned this. Most things that harm us, most disease-causing germs breed in the dark. You bring those things into the light and they die. Mm -hmm. Most problems in our lives and our families are in the dark. All we've got to do is bring them to the light. It's good. One of the last books of the Bible, 1 John says, if we walk in the light, we can have fellowship or we can have relationship and then we can experience the cleansing work of God. And, and I think there's hope, but we've got to get honest. We've got to come into the light. And you know what? Some of these conversations we're going to have will be painful. It's like yeah. surgery. No one enjoys it, but the other side of the surgery, there's healing. And, and I can tell you, I, I, I've, I've had so many people, this book's been out for just two weeks and we're being inundated with messages and emails and letters from people saying this has started something in our family we could never have believed would happen. I'm quite overwhelmed with this simple little project, uh, but there is hope. There is hope, but nothing will change until you make some decisions. Wow. There's so much to unpack here. I think everybody, all available listeners and viewers, I think you can see why this is going to be a book you want to add to your leadership library, to your pastoral library. Um, this is so good. Pastor Wayne, I love, I wish we had more time to talk more. Maybe we have yeah. to plan another, we have to plan another one because um, I think there's more, I have more questions. I've been taking notes the whole time as you've been sharing. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want to point uh, all the avail audience in the direction of how they can, how they can get your book and also how they can learn more about you. What, what are the best options? Well, I think one of the best options is get the summer edition of the avail magazine. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we've, uh, we've done an article in there and uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm quite humbled by the support of the whole team at avail. Yeah. Uh, Sam Chand is a dear friend has been for many, many years and uh, he heard about it. He said, let's, let's partner in this. That's, that's what the book looks like. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's not yet available in hard copy uh, in stores in the U.S. I'm coming to the U.S. in June and July, and we might be exploring some of those options. But the easiest way is just go to Amazon. I've got a website. This project is such a runaway train. We're playing catch up. <laughs> I'm going to record Audible in the next few weeks. Um, workbooks, which we're going to give away uh, online for men's groups in local churches, which just literally help men start these conversations they're coming etc 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 but that's all on wayneolcorn.com it's in its early formative stages but uh, we're going to put messages up that i've shared with men that hopefully help men their families and beyond yeah this is good i have a feeling a lot of great resources are going to branch out of this book you heard it everybody you can you can get the book on on amazon if you're here in the states uh, it's hot off the press at the time of this recording uh, in may 2023 it's only been a couple of weeks that it's been out uh, for more information on pastor wayne you can go to wayne alcorn Dot com get more info there he just mentioned about the upcoming avail journal uh by the way listeners if you don't have it yet you can claim a year for free on us of the avail journal which is the premium christian leadership magazine and pastor wayne's going to have an article in the summer edition of 2023 uh, can you give us a little a little bit of a scoop about that article a little bit of the scoop it's it's the heartbeat of the book with an understanding of leadership and 
I, I commend it to you. It's, it, we, it's, it's not an extract from the book, but it's the heart of the book yeah. and how leaders need to make decisions that create change. That's good, everybody. So you heard it from Wayne Alcorn himself. He's got an article coming up. If you don't have it yet, go to availjournal.com, availjournal.com, claim your free annual subscription. You'll be able to read Pastor Wayne's upcoming article as well as amazing content from great leaders. Uh, it's a great way to just grow your leadership. Um, I, I want to I wanna finish off, Pastor Wayne, with just one final nugget, whether it's a word of encouragement a prayer, a, a word of wisdom that you would leave us all with today. Can I do both? Both. Okay, real quick. Our life is not defined by our genetic code or our zip code. It's defined by decisions we make. I am living the life that is ultimately the result, not only of decisions I made, but the decision made by a generation before me. Let's be people that make the right decisions based mm. on the foundations of wisdom from my perspective that flows from the word of God. And let's make them to the benefit of not only our lives, but those that follow us. And I'd like to pray for you. Father, mm. I thank you for this moment. I know there are people listening to me today who, as we begin to talk, they know there's areas in their life and family that need your healing work. And my prayer is simply your kingdom come. Your work be done in hearts and minds and homes. As we step up, we get honest with the person in the mirror and we ask you to come into our life and bring the change that will ultimately not only affect us, but many others. We believe for this to happen, miracles to flow as we invite you into the pain of our lives so that the healing can be such a glory and such a testimony to your name. Amen. 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 That's a good word. That's a, what we call a drop the mic moment. What a great episode. Uh, Pastor Wayne, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilburg, the whole Avail team, we just we want to tell you we're thankful for your life. We honor you for your uh, extensive years of leadership and, and for the fruit that's coming out right now that's going to impact not only this generation, but even generations to come. We're super, super proud of you, and we're encouraged by your new book, and uh, we're thankful for your life. Thank you, Virgil. It was an absolute honor to be here. You heard it, everybody. Wayne Alcorn's new book, My Father's Son, available on Amazon. You can also go to his website, waynealcorn.com. Thanks for connecting with us here on the Avail Podcast. As always, we love to bring you the best in leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical here in South Florida, your host for these episodes. Pastor Wayne, is there anything else you want to say as we close off things? Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with our guest, Wayne Alcorn. You can find out more about Wayne on social media and by going to waynealcorn.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast. <laughs>